The Self-Made Life Podcast is a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. I'm here to inspire small, local, and creative businesses along their journey to success. I'll share a behind-the-scenes look at what it's like to run and scale a business, branding tips, and I'll also be chatting with other entrepreneurs to share their stories and what it's like to be self-made. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Self-Made Life Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Wyatt, and today I'm here with Krista from KJ & Co. So Krista um, and I go back a couple years now. She was actually um, our wedding planner, and uh, when we were in the wedding industry, we actually did Wedwell, which I'm sure Krista will talk about. Um, but yeah, I'm so excited to have you on, Krista. Thanks so much for joining us. Um, before we kind of get started and introduce you, um, we want to go over a boss or bust. So um, sharing something, you know, that you're really proud of or something that didn't quite go as planned this week. So tell us, do you have a boss or bust moment? Where do I start? I feel like this whole year has been boss and bust. Um, but I'm really, really excited to finally be getting the wedding show back off the ground after a two-year hiatus, thanks to the pandemic. So that's exciting. Like, I'm kind of bouncing off the walls about our new location and all that stuff. So it's very cool. Um, but COVID hit us finally in our household. And so having two little kids home for a bit and then working while I've been sick, and trying to do all the things at the same time has been one hell of a bust, but it's getting back to normal again. So it's all good. Yeah. Good. Oh my God. I know COVID kind of went crazy in our household too, after like what, like two, three years. Um, yeah. But glad to like have that past us now so we can kind of like enjoy summer and like not be so worried. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, scared. Um, I yeah, I guess I kind of have like a similar bust from this past week of, you know, dealing with COVID, but I definitely have a few boss moments, which is like booking new clients, especially while I've been like sick in bed. So really glad that they're trusting me for their branding and their website. And we just have a lot of like fun, like launches coming up and projects that we're working on. So can't wait to share more of that. Um, but yeah, so tell us who you are and kind of how you got into entrepreneurship. Okay. <laughs> My story is kind of long and windy, but I'm Krista Olenek. I am the owner of KJ & Co., and that's been my business since 2012. Um, I grew up as the child of two small business owners. So my dad left corporate banking uh, when I was about three because he's like, I'm sick of getting home after my kids are in bed. And he started a video production company, corporate video production. And my mom launched her own business at, when I was really little as an interior designer. So I kind of grew up enjoying small business life and seeing what that was modeled uh, by my parents. And so kind of through my teenage years in high school, I decided I wanted to have my own business in the future. Originally, I thought it was going to be as a hairdresser, um, which is really weird. So I went to school first for marketing. I got my business diploma in marketing at Mohawk College. So I thought that was kind of going to be essential to whichever business I decided to launch later. 
I did my full hair apprenticeship and all that and did that for four years and then kind of found my way finally back to weddings and events. I got my start in events through my mom as well. Um, so anyways, I launched KJ Co. in 2012. I went full time uh, before, right before my first anniversary, which was kind of unanticipated and very exciting. And it's just been me working from home in my jammies ever since. Uh, I've been focused on weddings primarily uh, since 2012. I did have my second business, which I launched, I think 2015 that was, and that was called Isle Academy. And that was kind of an e-course that focused on marketing specifically for wedding professionals. And I had two partners there and they were awesome. And then that kind of closed back in 2020 during the pandemic. It found its natural end. And I launched Wedwell Showcase, which is a boutique wedding show in the greater Toronto area. We launched that show in 2019. Um, I was very pregnant with Calder when that was getting off the ground. Uh, but the show has been a lot of fun. And so I'm kind of a serial entrepreneur. Like I would launch another business every day and pick branding and build websites till the cows come home. But I obviously don't have time for that. <laughs> um, I'm a mother of two, which obviously keeps me very busy. And I feel like this business life that I always wanted I get a different perspective on it every year as our family evolves and what that really means and looks like. So it's been a trip for sure. Wow. Yeah. So like you've really like, like this whole like serial entrepreneurship, like you have pivoted. Well, maybe <laughs> like not so much pivoted, but you've kind of like had you know, your hands in a couple pots, like the, right. the educational aspect, the, um, the showcasing weddings and actually like wedding planning. And I know that like pre COVID you were kind of getting into coaching. So talk to us a little bit about the pivoting and, and how right. that kind of went. Well, it's funny. Like I think January 2020, I had reached out to a business coach and I was working with her. Her name's Natasha Miller. Natasha Miller? Mitchell. Natasha Mitchell. I'm so sorry. Um, and so as we were working together, I kind of realized that I was really just overspent and stressed and I needed some space and, and just to kind of reset myself separate from actually like what I wanted to do with the business. And kind of what we discovered together and what she sort of pulled out of me is that I was sort of beginning to feel um, maybe less of a connection with weddings specifically and being planner. And it really wasn't fitting. As my wedding business evolved, I think it stopped fitting so well with my lifestyle. Because uh, I launched my business when I was engaged to be married. When we got married, then we had both kids, which took a long time. Um, so my life has changed a lot, I've gone through a lot of stages since my business began. And so in working with Natasha, I realized, you know, I really love the business side of this industry. And so we worked a lot on like growing the show and all of that and talking about how I wanted to do more education and training and things like that. So naturally, as things do, the world threw a curveball at me. And so COVID happened and my entire 2020 season was wiped out and I kind of had to decide what I wanted to do and how I wanted to pivot even to deal with pandemic life and how that was affecting my industry. 
So it kind of seemed like the perfect time to go all in on like wedding education, training and business growth and all of that. And so that was my biggest and latest pivot, essentially um, kind of slowing down the wedding bookings and being able to focus on helping other wedding pros like design and grow their dream business. And I have to say, I love it. And it's very exciting. Um, It's also time consuming because as usual, I wear all the hats. Like I am the content creator, the blogger, the web designer, the administrator, the, you know, I do all the things with it. Um, But it's been a lot, a lot of fun to just work directly with business owners and kind of help them build their dreams instead of sort of working towards, you know, this one event like I do with my wedding clients. So that's probably the biggest pivot in all the years. And it also feels very, very strange making such a big change because I kind of built KJ and Co as one thing, you know, to be the wedding planner and the designer and all of that. And so 10 years in kind of saying that I'm closing that chapter, I'm really, really, really struggling with. Um, and I, I just, I've been so scared to say like, I'm not doing weddings anymore. I'm really having a hard time just living in that so we'll see what happens (laughs) I can like totally relate right like yeah like 2020 March 2020 hit and like our whole calendar just kind of went out the window and yeah I I tried to you know juggle both for a really long time and it, it just got to the point where personally I just fell out of love with like weddings and stationery like I still like it but yeah it was just really hard to like fit a round peg in a square hole for like two years with like rolling lockdowns and stuff so I I definitely do feel like more fulfillment in working like business to business and like working Mm -hmm. with a lot of Cause like, I think a lot of like my clients too are like wedding professionals who are, you know, needing branding and needing a website, needing to position themselves like creative entrepreneurs. Um, so that just kind of like naturally like fell into place. But like, once you kind of do like say like, okay, I'm not doing this anymore. It's so like liberating because it's just like, oh my gosh, like a weight is kind of like lifted off. It's liberating and terrifying at the same time. Because I always used to say that my business was my first baby Mm -hmm. and I worked so hard to grow it and like build a reputation as a planner and grow my portfolio and all of that. (laughs) And then I'm all of a sudden saying, not doing that anymore. It's really, it fe- I mean, it feels great because I'm loving coaching and I'm loving how that's, you know, working with our lifestyle right now. Um, but it also feels really strange to kind of shut that door on that chapter. But I know that I'm going in the right direction. Yeah, no, for sure. And you are like completely killing it. So oh, I love, <laughs> love seeing your posts, your emails, love it all. Um so okay so you have two littles at home so you are also like juggling like mom life can you like tell us a little bit more about that because like I feel like a lot of creative entrepreneurs you know they kind of like take the entrepreneurship route to be home and around kids, but it does come with its own set of struggles so tell (laughs) us a little bit about your experience with that I'm not going to lie. There's a lot of struggle. Um, It's funny because I have such a different perspective on it now 
versus what I thought it was going to be and what I wanted to be and why I wanted this business of mine to have quote unquote flexibility when we had a family. Um, our road to parenthood was not smooth and simple, which for a, a professional planner, like that was a big learning lesson and struggle. Um, I think it's very important that you kind of, we all now in this decade are very open and not honest, but like we kind of share our struggles and reality because I, I don't want ever anyone to ever say like, well, you made it look easy and it's not. It's not like I want to be pretty open and share my journey and my struggles because I, I want people to understand and feel not alone about it. Um, so, yeah, so we had our kids in 2016 and 2018. They were both born in the middle of wedding season because I realized very quickly that I cannot plan my children with the same ease that I plan a wedding itinerary. Um, we I mean, my journey as a solopreneur like here in Canada most people get a year off that wasn't an option for me being self-employed so like I was answering the phone in the maternity ward with my daughter I don't recommend that like I highly highly recommend that you try to figure out how to take off as much time as you possibly can and unplug and just be in the moment because you're also trying to figure out what it means to be a mom and like how to keep a person alive in a way that you've never have before. Um, and then I kind of slowly transitioned. I kind of took a very mini maternity leave um, and then slowly got back to work and went into the thick of it. So for us, that meant adding help from our moms. They were very generous with their time and willing to babysit. So we sort of added one day a week at a time and then we went to two days a week and then we went to three days a week. Um, so that I knew there was always time when I could do meetings or have calls and certain things. And then for the most part, I was kind of working from home with a baby strapped to me, doing all the computer stuff when I could and during nap time. Um, what else? Then we slowly added in daycare. They'll both be in school come September, which is something I'm having trouble wrapping my brain around because that's going to mean that I'm going to be very much responsible for pickups and drop-offs and it's going to significantly shrink again, my work hours. Um, but it's great. Like, don't get me wrong. It's stressful AF, but it's also like very, very cool to be able to, you know, run an errand for work with my daughter if she comes along for the ride to pick up linens or, you know, to be able to take Tuesday morning off and go run Like I can hop over the border and go to Buffalo if I want. Um, I can be available for field trips and I can be there at school pickup and things like that. So it's definitely got its hard moments. Um, and I think as, as my own boss, like it's really hard to turn off work. Um, so I'm always constantly trying to figure out the balance there and, and change my priorities and shift those. And as much as I always wanted this life of family and business, owning my own business, um, it, it really changes as I understand kind of what all the headaches are constantly like, but I still wouldn't trade it. Like I, I saw during the pandemic, like my friends that had normal, you know, like day-to-day -day jobs with their kids home, trying to do virtual learning and catching up at night. And I, at least like, there was no boss 
harping on me to get my stuff done while also dealing with virtual kindergarten, I could just kind of slow things down or press pause a little bit. And I had that option. Um, so there's the blessing and the curse, like either way. It's a zoo, but it's my zoo. And I love it is what I would say really. But I don't want, yeah, I'm pretty open and honest and sarcastic on Instagram about it all and about mom boss life. I don't mind the phrase mom boss. I know some people hate it, but I think that's a big part of my identity. <laughs> yeah. Wow. No, you are seriously an inspiration to many. So oh, <laughs> I don't know about that, but I appreciate you saying so. <laughs> well, I don't know. Like I, I kind of went into like entrepreneurship kind of like the same, like I wanted the flexibility. I didn't want to be like commuting to Toronto and then getting home right. and like figuring out like after like extra hours for daycare and whatever. Um, and like things have t- taken us a little bit longer to like get to, you know, building a family, but we just started fertility. So fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Um, I I will say as hard as that was during our struggle with fertility and loss and all of that, it was brutal. But on this side of it, I feel like I'm, it helps me to be that much more of a patient mom sometimes and to kind of um, find perspective regularly. And I'm also sort of glad that Dave and I have those extra two years just us to kind of go through that together and kind of come out the other side so it it gets better (laughs) I can tell you that much (laughs) keep on telling myself that and I feel like if you know we if we started our family like right away after we got married like three years ago like and we would have had like a baby and a toddler like through the pandemic and like that would have been (laughs) zero out of ten do not recommend (laughs) so (laughs) Yeah, it's um, definitely like a blessing. Like I'm definitely just like trusting the process and the timing. Um, but yeah, just like trying to like prepare in advance because like yeah. I'm not going to get maternity leave. Tane will probably get uh, paternity leave, which is really right. nice. Um, but yeah, that's kind of why I've been like building my team and like getting like the internal structure in place so that I can lean on them more. And I've noticed that like, even like this, the past couple of weeks with being sick off COVID, like I freaking love my team. Like they have been, you know, running the show and really helping me along the way. And like, just to like have that support to lean on and kind of like forecast and future plan as much as I can. <laughs> we yeah. can't really plan everything, but yeah, that's, and like, I sat down with my bookkeeper too. And I was like, okay, so like, what does, you know, maternity leave look like as, you know, uh, entrepreneur self-employed and Mm -hmm. we pulled the numbers and it was like, totally like laughable. So it was like, okay, we might as well take this route of just like working ahead and, and planning ahead and, and having the internal support. So yeah, kudos Well, that's the thing, like everybody's situation is going to be so different in terms of like what that family planning journey is, what the career and the finances are, like what your partner's up to and what the scenario is for them. Like everybody's journey is so different. So I think the more you can be realistic and kind of plan ahead for that. And then also just know that 
God knows what will happen, right? Like you can't just flip a switch and get pregnant, unfortunately, not as, as much as they scared us about it in high school. It doesn't work that way. Um, so I think you kind of go in with best hopes and best laid plans and you literally have no choice but to adapt and roll with the punches. And so it'll all work out in the end. And if it's not working out, it's not the end yet <laughs> would yeah. be my advice. No, I love that. So speaking of advice, what kind of advice or what is like one piece of advice that you would give someone just kind of starting along their like entrepreneurial journey? Oh, gosh. <laughs> um, I think I'd struggle to pick just one. I would say just remember that everyone's going to go at their own pace and kind of do you. I think a lot of us get caught up in what it seems like everyone else is doing and everything that we're seeing on social media and everyone's highlight reel and, you know, what works for one business might not work for another. We also don't know everybody's reality and bank balance and all of that. So if I had a dollar for every time one of my coaching clients, you know, we're going through their service offerings and there's a certain item and I'm like, well, why do you offer that? if you don't like it. And they're like, well, everyone else does. And said, well, if everyone else jumped off a bridge, what are you going to do, right? So I really think you have to keep your eye on your own stuff, your own lane, and just focus on what you want and how the business you want to build is going to provide the life that you want. Because I think a lot of us start out with goals based on someone else's standards and someone else's speed. And it's like, what do I want? Like my goals have changed over the years significantly. Like when I started my business, I was, I said, I want to be the next Mindy Weiss in Canada. And then I quickly realized, A, I don't know any Kardashians and B, I don't want a staff of 50 and like all that overhead and like multi-million dollar clients. Like I don't have that kind of stress capacity. Right. Um, so I really think you kind of have to ask yourself the hard questions regularly and make sure that what you're doing, what you're planning for still makes sense. Um, and so that for me, that was like scaling back over the years as kids got closer and became a reality. And where I used to do 30 weddings a year, then I got to like five to 10. Um, and that felt like the sweet spot. So I think we just have to keep checking in with ourselves. Um, the other thing I would say is, I think a lot of people kind of start business and play house at it, so to speak. And we kind of think that like we can get by with the bare minimum and really there's next steps and don't be afraid to invest even small in your business. Um, I've always said that branding, pricing, the experience kind of catch up together and move up slowly but surely. And I think a lot of people don't keep their eye on that and end up holding themselves back. And, you know, you might have five years under your belt with your business, but you're still using that first DIY logo that you picked. And it's like, you know, investing 500 to a thousand to $5,000 could be that next massive leap for your business. And I think a lot of us are just really, really scared to spend that money in the beginning. But the longer you delay those investments, the longer you're just not growing and can't pay yourself and can't get to full time sooner. So I think that's the other thing. I would just say like, take it seriously and treat it as a business as quickly as you can and as quickly as you can afford to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No more like 
you know, personal bank account, get that business. Right. Nothing makes me angrier than a business at gmail.com. Like that is such a red flag to a potential client to most, well, some clients don't care. Some clients won't notice, but like, if you want clients that really believe in you and your service and professionalism are willing to spend more and see the value a gmail.com address is going to be one of the first things that scares away some clients. And so like for $9 a month, like you could be making a difference and getting, you know, more inquiries and all of that. So it's such a little thing sometimes and people kind of get by with good enough and they think, well, I'm getting inquiries. I'm booking clients. So I'm not going to change my email address yet, but imagine how much faster you could raise your prices if the clients who really believe in that saw that professionalism and, you know, you're proving that value with it. So Mm -hmm. I think that's something to think about, like even those little costs add up, but they also make a huge difference in how you portray yourself and how you perceive your professionalism. Huge difference. And like, that is like the difference between like people like price shopping, right? Like, absolutely. Just having like an at gmail.com, you're automatically a target for like price shoppers, because they think you're not taking it seriously. They think that it's more of like a hobby thing. There's room for negotiation. Yeah. 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 Amazing. I love that. And like, same with the DIY logo and and website. You can DIY a lot, like don't get me wrong. Once you kind of work with a professional or work with like an expert or work with someone who knows like the marketing, like it takes it from, you know, 10 to 100 very quickly. And you're like, whoa, like, why didn't I do this sooner? (laughs) I hear that a lot with my clients. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so let's back up a little bit. So let's talk about Wedwell because that is making a comeback. And those of you who are new here, Wedwell is a boutique wedding show. Tane and I, when we like were doing stationery and calligraphy, we did both years. And yeah, tell us a little bit about Wedwell, what makes it different and the process of rebuilding that again. Sure. Oh gosh, rebuilding it is strange. It the show has been sitting on such a shelf collecting dust for the last two years that I find now that it's finally time, I'm looking back at some of my old notes and spreadsheets and I just don't even know what I was doing or talking about or what these numbers are calculating. Um, so Wedwell Showcase is a boutique wedding show. I the tagline is that it's not your big sister's wedding show. So I've kind of done them all and attended them all either as a guest or as an exhibitor and it kind of runs the gamut, but traditionally wedding shows have a bit of a bad rap for being a little bit cheesy, outdated, aggressive sales tactics and things like that. And so in 20, this is my very long winded answer. In 2013, I went to Los Angeles to see the cream event. Uh, which was a really cool event that uh, Bash Please used to host. And they hosted it across like in big cities in North America. But I went to the first one, which was at Viviana Cathedral, which was amazing. And it was just so unique, so creative. The vendors were handpicked and curated. Like it was really the cream of the crop. The show was just such an inspiring, like beautiful experience for the guests. And so I came home and I thought, okay, that's what we need. That's what I want here in the GTA. 
And it took me uh, about five years to get it together because I was struggling to find a venue that had the character I wanted or that would even just allow us and let different vendors and caterers and venues exhibit. Um, So I was about six months pregnant with my son when I went to my husband. I was like, I've got to do the show. I'm doing it. It's got to happen. And he was like, okay, great. Like, what do you need? And then everyone else I spoke to was like, you're insane. Like, look at how pregnant you are. You don't have time for this. And I was like, no, it's happening. So um, sure enough, day before Calder was born, I was at the venue, like measuring spaces, like nine months pregnant with my tape measure. Um, And we hosted the first show in January, 2019. And the second one in January, 2020. The number one way to achieve success on Instagram is through consistency. That means showing up with high-quality, attention-grabbing, valuable posts. Now, I know what you're thinking. It can be exhausting and overwhelming trying to keep up with the pace. That's why I've created 50 Instagram prompt ideas and 12 eye-catching Canva templates for you to use absolutely free. So all of the hard work is done for you. All you have to do is show up consistently, sit back, and watch your Instagram grow. Head on over to the link in my bio on Instagram and get your free templates today. So our exhibitors are invited or they apply and they're approved. We don't just take anybody who's checked will clear. And we're really trying to make sure that it's a curated show and that we're creating a great experience for the vendors as much as for the guests. Um, so the show has been on pause. I, I feel like 2020 was my lesson in like the fact that I can't do everything all by myself forever. So when you talk about building your team, I'm, I'm kind of dabbling in that now and maybe even struggling a little bit with it because I'm a bit of a control freak mm-hmm. and delegating and abdicate, abdicating, um, is a bit of a struggle for me. So this year for the show, because it is a lot of work, like up to this point, I produced the show entirely by myself. I build a website. I sell to all the exhibitors. I do all the paperwork and registration and payments uh, and then the floor planning and all the communications with vendors and planning all the social media. And um, it's a lot. And so I knew something's got to give and things have to change for the future. So We have a new space for the show, which I'm really, really excited about. It's bigger, brighter, it's a ton of character. It's an old industrial building. It's really, really cool. So we're taking on um, kind of a more automated registration process so that hopefully onboarding our vendors and payments and contracts and things like that with Dubsado will be a lot less time consuming for me. I have a social media manager this year. It's Megan. Um, who's amazing so far and just taking so much off my plate because right now just trying to keep up with my own KJ and co Instagram account is so time consuming. And I think back to when I had three accounts to manage on my own between actually four between KJ and co Isle Academy Revel Sessions and <laughs> the web shop. Like that's insane. Yeah. I don't know how I did it. It's two. I, I, I don't know. How. Yeah. It's crazy. So, uh, and I'm also uh, looking into working with somebody to kind of help me with the day-to-day tasks for the show, which is going to probably be life-changing. But I'm all about how can I work smarter, not harder. And like, no one is going to give me more hours in the day. It's just not going to happen. 
So I need to figure out how to be more efficient with my time. And I have so much more content that I have to create for KJ and Co now. So finding the right people to work with me for Wedwell Showcase is going to be really, really important. And the thing about Wedwell Showcase, it was exciting because it offset um, a lot of the income from wedding planning. And instead of working like crazy for 10 event days, or more like five to seven, like instead of working so hard on all those different events, I can kind of work more in my own time and not have as many meetings for this one big event. So I, I love the show. Like I kind of bounce off the walls every time I'm in the building and like we're setting up. Like I think the day of the first show, I remember just like sitting in the space when everyone's booths were set up and it had finally happened after seven, five, however many years. And I was just thrilled. And then that morning I was like bouncing up and down. And I almost knocked my mom over. She had an armload of all this stuff and it was flying, but I was so excited so it is really cool to see that through, but it's a crap load of work. So I definitely have to start expanding my horizons and accepting help from others for sure. Yeah, I feel like because I'm a bit of a control freak as well, delegating has been hard and I think it took yes. me so long because of that. But now like I literally had like zero choice in January of this year. So um, for those of you who might not know, like I've been teaching part-time at a college in Toronto and it, this term, like I was given five courses and you're running a business and doing a detox and doing coaching, like with my, my coach Marley. So Mm -hmm. it was a lot. And I didn't have any choice but to kind of like delegate and be like, okay, I'm trusting you. Here you go. Not saying like it's been like rainbows and butterflies this whole time. Like I have gone through a couple people that just weren't the right fit. And that was a really hard, you know, conversation to have, like letting. Well, how did, so sorry to interrupt, but looking back now that you've seen those situations happen, how do you feel about it? Because I've been in some scenarios lately where I've sort of outsourced tasks and I have made bad choices and I've really struggled with it. And I'm kind of licking my wounds because as a solopreneur, like there's no one else making these decisions with me. When I decide to hire something out or contract someone like that was on me. And if that doesn't work out, especially after two rough years and like feeling like you've wasted money, like I'm, licking my wounds right now over it so how did you find that so I actually have I'm not done this book yet but I started reading this book called Traction and it's all about getting the right people in the right seats so you could have the right people but they might not be in the right seats or you could have the wrong people in the right seats And I think when I was interviewing people at first, I maybe had like rose colored glasses on, or I, you know, wanted to give so-and-so a chance, like they're just starting out, whatever, whatever. But I learned that the hard way. And I, and I realized that I really needed to set like strong boundaries, like stronger boundaries Mm -hmm. so that I wasn't taken advantage of and that I had the right people in the right seats and, and, 
in turn, there has been some like reshuffling and I know like the, the people that are on my team now, for the most part, yeah, they are in the right seats and they're the right people. And I literally hand things off to them and I have no stress about it. Like there's no like friction, which having friction, like, of course there's like learning curves, but like when it's like constant, like, like back and forth it's like oh my god I can't like do this like I don't like I don't have time like I'm trying to outsource these things to free up more time and and I think it really just comes down to really explaining and making sure that your contractors know like your values Mm -hmm. and that you're working towards like the common good so like a big one of like our core values is like integrity and making sure that things, you know, like we're always putting the clients first. And when that doesn't happen, then there's something wrong there. And that's like a red flag and that needs to be dealt with. I remember like this one instance, I don't know, I had a client who wanted to launch her 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 business like her new website her new branding and at the time we had another post in place and all hell broke loose because I wanted to like switch things up and I was like wait a minute like this is my business my client wants to launch this this is what we're doing and that's when I started to realize okay this isn't the right person this isn't the right fit and just kind of having to have those hard conversations and realizations and And since doing that, I don't know, this may be kind of woo-woo, but the universe has rewarded me for sticking up for my boundaries and moving forward with those hard choices and decisions. So just like knowing that if something's not working, when you realize it, just, you know, putting your foot down, realizing it, confronting it and moving forward and just trusting that like you'll be caught in the process and the universe Mm -hmm. has your back. (laughs) Woo woo. <laughs> You're a little bit more of a hippie than I am. <laughs> I, know, I know it's kind of woo, but like, I don't know. I've seen like some pretty crazy things the past couple yeah. months. Well, I just, I don't think it makes any sense to sit in discomfort at, at the detriment of your own like income and life. You know what I mean? Like, I believe in speaking up for myself. I do not suffer in silence, much to my husband's dismay. And so I really think that as business owners, we have to be comfortable having uncomfortable conversations. And sometimes that means telling a client that they're wrong. Sometimes that might mean firing someone or parting ways on a contract. But like, what is the cost to us and our stress life or stress level and our finances if we just stick it out because we're afraid to like offend somebody and say, what you're doing for me isn't working or I don't like XYZ. Like there's no benefit there to just, this is uncomfortable, but I don't want to rock the boat. I'm a people pleaser and I hate confrontation. So that was like a huge, like learning experience. And sometimes we need those. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Some lessons you just have to learn the hard way. Yeah. And it's all good. It'll all work out in the end hopefully mm-hmm. well I'm so excited for Wedwell uh, 2023 obviously not in weddings anymore but I will be cheering you on from the sidelines and everything is like looking so amazing like what Megan's been like posting and stuff 
the new space looks gorgeous. Like love the I'm like my mood goes from like five to a hundred when I step it step into the space. Like I'm just so excited to be there because it's such a neat spot. Yeah. And I know what it means for the show. So I'm totally thrilled about that. I know it's a little scary because we're going further down the highway closer to the city and that'll be a change for some of our vendors and not everyone will be able to move with us, but I'm really excited. In the grand scheme of things, like, it's really not that far. I don't know. I feel like since, like, moving out to Barrie, I'm just, like, so far. (laughs) Yeah. Distance isn't really, like, a thing anymore. So I think think it'll be good. And I think it'll definitely, like, attract a different, even better clientele. Like, I just, I think we'll expand. I think... We're still going to focus on, like, the same people that we did before, but that, that um, what's the word, area is spreading. And so I think it'll be really cool. Yeah. No, I love that. Amazing. Well, um, before we kind of, like, wrap up, I want to do a fun rapid fire, this or that. So let me know what comes to mind first. I feel like I need to, like, switch these up. Maybe I'll switch this up for next episode when I have okay. guests because if you've been listening, you probably already know. Anyways, okay. My memory is so terrible. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> City or country? I grew up in the, well, my high school years, we lived in the country. I'm a suburban girl. I don't want to be in the city. Okay. Country then. I like to visit the city, but I do not want to live there. So suburbs. Okay. Yeah. To change that. (laughs) City or suburbs? (laughs) Mountains or beach? Beach. I'm not hiking any mountain. (laughs) Early bird or night owl? I'm a night owl, but my kids are making me an early bird against my will. (laughs) Coffee or tea? Or Pepsi? Pepsi. (laughs) If you follow me on Instagram, you know that I like a Pepsi for breakfast. I do enjoy tea once in a while, but I've never been a coffee drinker. Interesting. Okay, well, Pepsi for Krista. (laughs) Burgers or pizza? Burgers. I had a burger today. (laughs) From where? From Harvey's because they have Pepsi. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta plan it all out. I've got to plan my meals based on what drink they have. (laughs) And then last but not least, call or text? Text. I have a high voice, as you can tell, and I've just never loved talking on the phone. I will video chat till the cows come home, but I don't know why I hate speaking on the phone without face I don't like it I don't know why so text me please (laughs) okay there you have it all right so where can our listeners find you online let's do a little plug plug because I know you got well and you got kj and co right so kjandco.ca is my website obviously that'll link you back to the kj instagram kj and co instagram Wedwell Showcase new site is coming soon whenever I get my life together for it. And you can also follow the show account, which is Wedwell Showcase, to hear more about that and follow all my crazy adventures (laughs) from the couch. And are you still doing Revel sessions? So Revel, I feel like 
it's funny because this was the symptom of Isle Academy too when I had that business. Like my clients for my main primary business always take priority and the kids too, right? And so Laura and I, my partner in Rebel Sessions, we've both been so busy with our family life and with our professional life for our first businesses that, and then obviously Revel was in the business of people gathering. And so that just wasn't going to happen during the pandemic. Um, so we've always had to prioritize other things. So it's likely that Revel is going to kind of wrap up or continue to be sort of dormant for a while because we just have other stuff that we're so excited about and that is really taking up our time. And so I, I don't know exactly, but we'll see. Stay tuned. <laughs> That's exciting. I know. I remember going to the first event. Yeah. Well, that's the hard part. Like as entrepreneurs, right? Like we get so excited about an idea and something that we want to bring to people and we throw ourselves into it. And then reality versus um, execution is like, oh, this takes time. And to run another business and another brand is a huge commitment. And so we really had to prioritize our primary businesses and those clients because there's obviously been so much to do. Yeah. Um, planning and replanning weddings. Oh yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it keeps us busy. So have one see what... Pardon me. Have that one together. Yeah. <laughs> get back to me on the the updated info, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. We have to get back to. Yeah. We have to. Oh gosh. <laughs> we have more weddings to do. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well. Um, that is it for today. So please make sure you go and give Krista a follow either on Wedwell and KJ and Co. Thank you so much for joining us. It was so nice to talk to you as always. And I really hope that, you know, you found this episode inspiring. If you're, you know, a budding entrepreneur or you're a mom boss, just know that it is possible and know that it can be messy and challenging at times, but we're all in this together. Like nobody's life is perfect and it's all what you make it. So Yeah, until next time, stay tuned and have a good one. Bye, everyone. Bye, guys. Hey, before you go, I just want to express my gratitude for sticking around and being here and just listening to this podcast. I would so, so appreciate it if you could leave a rating and review, subscribe to the podcast, and tell your friends and family about it. Share on social media. The more and more that we get these reviews, we get these feedbacks from you, um, and the more you share, the more that we're able to reach like-minded listeners just like you and help to provide more value. So I would just so, so appreciate it if you could share away. And yeah, thanks so much for being here.